0: hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the coast to coast combat hour i'm your host matthew hawkins along with my co-host ed carbajal and on a weekly basis we plan to bring you the biggest news and interviews in the world of combat sports ed busy couple weeks ahead of us how you doing my man
1: good man i mean it's 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 exhausting, but it, it it's, it's exhausting, but it excites me too. So, I know you feel the same.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, when when it's going good, it's going good. Obviously, uh, upcoming, we've got some exciting events uh, with Bellator and UFC, and we're coming off some uh, some uh, UFC event last weekend, as well as a pretty exciting EBI card. Um, yeah,
1: you were at the EBI event, so you're gonna have to fill me in because I have I'm so behind. Being busy on, with the all, all the stuff I was taking care of on the East Coast, uh, I missed EBI, so I still have to watch that. But um, for you, what time was that UFC Singapore card for you?
0: Uh, the prelim started at 1.30. I didn't wake up at 1.30. I woke up at 3.30. Uh, I got it going 3.30 uh, with the 1FC card. So I had a busy, gosh, what was that, Saturday morning? Saturday or Sunday morning.
1: Oh, I, even I saw you put the pictures up. Yeah, the, the two <laughs> monitors. Yeah, nice. So
0: yeah, those those fights turned out pretty well. Um, the Jessica I uh, Jessica Clark fight was fun. Uh, Jessica I was able to squeak out a a close uh, decision in that bout, um, moving her to another win at the 125 pound weight class, uh, her original weight class. So she was extremely excited about that, and uh, and she's a competitor at that weight, I think.
1: Yeah, I only, um, for the UFC Singapore, I I only woke up to watch the the main event. My phone woke me up because the main event was starting. So I just watched that, had my coffee, and I went off to training myself. But, I mean, that fight, uh, I mean, I actually had, had, I wrote about Leon Edwards at MMA News because he had, it seemed like he had been making that comment about trying to, like, you know, push, uh, Saron into being a retired old man all week. And that fight eventually, uh you know, um, went the way that he, it didn't, he didn't even get a finish, but he, he got the decision on that. So I was kind of like, I don't know. I was kind of hoping for Cerrone to win. Obviously I always root for the older school fighter, but I, um, I was impressed. I was impressed with Leon Edwards.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the fight left a little bit, uh, to be desired um, from what we kind of expected going into it. Um, I thought Edwards pretty much won the the early part of the fight. Um, Cerrone turned it around. Uh, probably took the it was close. I think he took the third and the fourth, and I thought the fifth was really, really a close round. Um, it was one of those fights where I would have re- scored it a draw personally. I didn't yeah. think anybody really won the fight, I didn't think anybody really lost the fight. And, um, even going by the, the standard scoring rules, I, I could have uh, reasoned a draw, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, I, kinda, I the, these guys that get going and guys and girls that get going in later rounds. Like they'd like to drag it into deep waters. I I think that can you know as their careers advance, I think that can be a a detriment to the, to the fight. And um, just because uh like uh um Joanna, former champion, comes to mind. She's somebody that turns it on in like rounds three, four, and five when she's fighting. But if you never get there, then you know it's not gonna happen. That's what that's how uh Rose took it to her in those first two fights. And then Cerrone's uh, the same way. He kind of like. He, he didn't really turn it up until the end of the fight and they do five rounders for main events, even though there's no title. So, um, sometimes you got to rethink that stuff. Actually, I just wrote something today. Um, uh, I don't know if you read that article on Steven Thompson, where he said he's rethinking his whole strategy just because of, uh, the way things have been going now that he's at the top of the food chain over there.
0: I saw that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to have to change his strategy up with the unified rules. Um, I think you have to you have to be more aggressive now. And uh you know, he's he's lost a couple close fights. The first fight was Woodley which was a draw. I mean, he was a, a round away from being a little more aggressive from taking the title. Um and then his fight with Till uh which was also really close where he just needed a, you know a little bit more. So I definitely think that, that that would favor his style if he were able to uh just turn it up a notch.
1: Yeah, but you know, I mean, I know we're going off topic with that just cuz it came to mind thinking about um the edwards and and cerrone fight but the thing about it is i mean the 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 classic competition obviously at at that level gets so high like I, i sometimes i think fans are a little too harsh on um the the fighting smart you know i know it's not the most entertaining thing but like i actually wrote about like the woodley woodley maya thing and the woodley um and uh kamaru usman making that comment i think i wrote it over at sure dog i believe where where like sometimes it's not the most aggressive and entertaining thing but when you think about it i mean they are trying to win they are trying to hold on to their titles or 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 move up somehow so sometimes you got to find the smartest way to do it it might not be the most entertaining way but you know um i don't know i just think that's a that's something that that fans need to think about like you know th- these guys are are putting their bodies in on the line for our entertainment <laughs> and and sometimes some of those injuries could be like lifelong
0: there's definitely a fine line between that. I mean, nobody wants to see anybody get get maimed, um, but they are in the in the sport of entertainment, you know, in, in a sense. So,
1: what what's um, the name of that guy that fought Hickson in, in in choke? It's it Yuki Nakai. Yuki
0: Nakai, yeah, he, um Like blinded,
1: he was, yeah.
0: He, he was blinded, I think, in the first round of that tournament by uh, Ger- Gerard uh, Gordo, uh, UFC one competitor, um, with an eye gouge. And uh, he out, won. The, I think he won the well, the semifinal. I think is when he fought Hickson.
1: Um, yeah, then, but he probably you know, made like two thousand dollars for that fight. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, like like you and I know about it because we've been we've been following the sport for for since its inception or whatever. But uh, it's just like you know, a lot of the, the, like these new the the like you. I think you mentioned it, like the McGregor fan base is like the newer guys. They don't even know about that. And they're, and they're, those are the ones that are crying for blood and and I don't know I just think uh, I think it's not worth it sometimes you have to take that into consideration before you criticize them.
0: Well, that was due to an illegal strike. I mean, even at the time, it was it was a you know, Gordo was known kind of as a as a cheap fighter. Now that was in the Valley Tudo days, so it wasn't the same level of being cheap. You were uh, you had a lot more uh, leverage as far as what you could get away with. But yeah, I mean. We don't want to see anybody get maimed, like I said, and and career or lifelong injuries are obviously terrible. Um, But, uh, you know, when you get up to the top level, when you're fighting for a UFC title, to me, you've got to lay it on the line. There's thousands of fans paying for tickets. There's, you know, a million or hundreds of thousands, million people paying $65 a a view to watch it, so –
1: yeah, You know, like I said, it's, it's
0: a fine line for, as a paying fan, you want to see them put everything they got out there. But, um, like you said, you don't want to see any. Anything. Yeah. You
1: all, you also, as a paying fan, you also want to see him fight again too, if you, if you're a true fan. So I don't know. It's, it's a double-edged sword, but, uh,
0: That's true. I mean, but you always bring up uh, UFC 208. There was, there was a lot of dancing going on that night.
1: Forget that. Forget <laughs> that. I'm trying to forget it, but, um, <laughs> it's funny I mentioned it to who did I just mention that to? Cause, uh, I mean, I know we're going to get to the, all the Bell Tour stuff. When I was in New York, I said that to somebody about uh, – because uh, somebody had asked Coker, are you coming back to New York City? And he seemed focused on Madison Square Garden. I think somebody asked about Nassau Coliseum or, or something, and he was just like, I want to come to the garden. Um, but, you know, uh, obviously – I mean, the Garden's obviously in high demand, and I guess the only reason they're not coming when we thought they would is, is because it was – there's no uh, – availability because it looked like they were booked out so he said something around the end of this year or the beginning of next year but um madison square garden is where he wants it to be um from what he the way he answered if if you guys missed that sh- uh press conference by the way sporting news streamed the whole thing and i think it's still up i i tweeted it so if you check out my twitter profile or it's sporting news is uh periscope because they streamed it on periscope so you can see the whole press conference there um where he addressed that and uh a bunch of other things, but um, uh, that was obviously a, in the middle of the week. You you started your week with uh submission grappling. How was that EBI event?
0: Uh, the event itself was outstanding. Um, it was the bantamweight uh, women, sixteen woman tournament, and uh, a couple combat uh, jiu-jitsu matches, including uh, Richie Martinez uh, defending his uh, his championship uh, in that. Um,
1: were the, the upkicks allowed in that one?
0: Uh, you know, they I I'm not sure. Um I wasn't able to be a part of the rules meeting. Um and they weren't it was never an issue. I don't mm-hmm. recall a single up kick being thrown or
1: but no one but, threw any. That's why I, I haven't seen it yet. And I know they said that uh Eddie Bravo had approved it as a as a thumbs up that the people could do that, but I didn't know if anyone was gonna be trying. That's a pretty r- rough kick to throw in a grappling match.
0: Yeah. Um I mean the, the first combat jujitsu match was uh PJ Barth. And or Barch, I'm sorry, and he fought uh, Mikey Gonzalez, and, and Barch won uh, by Kimura uh, two and a half minutes into the fight or into the match, and, uh, and there wasn't even a single slap thrown. So it oh, was wow. basically just a standard EBI match, um, which, you know, I, I, I think I said it on the show before. I've, I've told other people that I actually prefer the, the standard EBI to the combat. Um, now, Richie Martinez's match uh, with Bobby Emmons, was uh was incredible actually. Uh, Emmons took him down and and held a side control for about the first you know I don't know the exact time but it was it was probably the first four or five minutes of the match. Um, kind of trying to work side chokes. Didn't really have uh, Martinez ever in any danger, but uh, seemed like he kind of got a little tired and and uh, Martinez was able to, to escape. Uh, took his back and uh, eventually worked the Darce choke, the exact same uh, choke that he won the won the title with in his previous bout. So, um, it's a nice joke. Yeah. It seems to be his specialty. And, and, uh, he had a huge, uh, following in the crowd. So, um, everybody there was really loving seeing that. Um, you know, he's, he's an exciting guy to watch. I don't know if he's got any aspirations for MMA. I honestly don't even know how old he is, but, um, when it comes to, you know, submission grappling and I've seen him in Morris. I've seen him a couple times in EBI, um, I'd say he's easily one of the top five, ten competitors I've ever seen uh, as far as entertainment. Um, yeah,
1: and he's part of that squad that's going to Quintet too uh, for the the next Quintet, the big Quintet event in Tokyo. So uh, he's he's on that Eddie Bravo team. Um, really? I, yeah, he's on that team. Both Martinez brothers are on the team, and, and uh, some heavyweight I forget the names, but uh, the, I actually had the articles up at my MMA news where the list is and the, they did there's a promo video that Eddie Bravo did where he talks some trash i mean that uh, i li- i really like uh, i'm looking forward to seeing their team and how they do against against the teams at Quintet cuz um i don't know if you watched any of the Quintet stuff but the, the teams they got there that, that Team Carp DM i hadn't heard of any of those guys they're all rolling the ghee regularly and they won that last fight night event so i'm excited looking forward to their next they had some sick backtakes that i was just like I actually have rewatched some of the matches a few times because I'm trying to figure them out.
0: I didn't catch a lot of the second one. Um, I don't remember something came up or it was the same night as another event. Some something happened, but the uh, the first show I thought was outstanding. That was the team from Poland won that one, right? The
1: Polaris, um, yeah.
0: Or, or team Polaris, <laughs> yeah, with uh, Martin Hell and um, a few of the other big guys from yeah. uh, from the Polaris organization. Yeah, but um, other than the combat grappling. Um, or the combat jujitsu, the, uh, the actual women's tournament was, uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a lot of the women going into it. Uh, I knew, uh, I knew, uh, gosh, uh, Mayo, uh, from, uh, from Bellator, Brooke Mm -hmm. Mayo. Um, she actually lost her, her opening bout in in overtime by, by RNC. Um, but the number one seed of that tournament, Beatrice uh, Mosquita, um, from Gracie, uh, Humata, uh, she, she was incredible. I, you know, she put on a show that uh, that was outstanding. She submitted her first three opponents um, by armbar. And then, uh, you know, you get $5,000 per finish in regulation. So she, she got up yeah. to 15,000, got to the final where she, uh, where she met, uh, gosh, uh, Oh man, what was her name? Uh, Bianca Basilio, uh, who had also finished, she finished her first three opponents in about a matter of about two minutes total time, uh, with heel hooks. And I mean, it was, it was like a clash of the Titans getting to the final. And in the final, uh, Beatrice, uh, in overtime, uh, got to start from the, you know, the, you can help me out with the, the wording, but the, armbar, arm bar, uh, not the seatbelt, but the, the spider web position. Yeah. And, uh, and was able to and submitted her in four seconds. That's so. nice, man.
1: You know what's nice about about the thing is, especially in those types of competitions, submission only, no gi. Uh, when you see submissions that aren't like some type of leg lock, you know, so when you see chokes and arm bars like that, it's it, it's always that's what makes guys like Martinez and 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 her obviously stand out because everyone, you know, uh, and I think we talked about this when we had Ray Ray Robles on, uh um a couple episodes back like the the leg lock thing it's 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 addictive because you know you can get quick taps out of it a lot of times people get lost in the scramble and uh you know will even turn into the submission themselves but when you see stuff that's uh you know uh arm bars and chokes and 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 things that that are that are not as popular it's always it's always memorable to watch and i think that's what makes a lot of matches cool again that's why i like those uh that carp d m team at quintet, because actually, uh, they had a, a couple of leg lockers on. Uh, I forget the name of the team. Was it Halio? One of the team was Halio, which is Sakuraba's team, but it was all lighter guys because they did a weight class for it. And So it's him and yeah, yeah, and and uh, and and uh, what's his name? The guy from that fought in Bellator against Takaro. Yeah, yeah, he, he Takoro. and uh, they tried leg locks and all that stuff, and and these guys escaped them, took their backs, and and. Uh, uh, actually the the subs that happened were choked so that's that's why it's so memorable to me so um i'm not surprised that you remember her because of her armbar finishes in in something like ebi so it's definitely uh it's definitely uh that's it shows that that uh their jiu-jitsu is a little more solid if they can escape if they not not only if they can avoid those leg lock submissions but if they can lock in something old school like an (laughs) armbar
0: I mean, there was a couple like heel hooks and, and you know, kind of your regular leg locks, but they were usually really well fought. And, and the the person who ended up winning usually was kind of reversed it on the, uh, on the other one who, who initiated the, the leg game. Um, but we also, one of them was also a toe hold and one of them was a calf slicer. So mm-hmm. it, was, it wasn't your standard, you know, diving in for, for, uh, for heel hooks and, and, no, I mean,
1: well, I mean, the the setups can become from anywhere. That's the thing. There's very people that are very tricky with them. Some people will will drag your leg into, you know. There's a lot of setups for for all the moves you just mentioned that that you won't even see. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of them. There's calf slices that can come when you think you're passing the guard, and all of a sudden you feel pressure on your calf, and you're like, oh Jesus, I'm in something. I got put in a toe hold uh last Friday, and I was in the turtle position. <laughs> So I was just like from some guy that's one uh, he, of he's addicted to leg locks that I train with now. So it's like you know it's a uh, it's definitely hard to ignore and uh, hard to avoid. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I know they have uh, you know, I, of course, being a huge MMA fan, when I go to these, I'm always kind of curious how they would tra- these these competitors would transition into MMA. Um, Eddie Bravo does same day weigh-ins, mm-hmm. so you know the girls naturally look smaller than than your 135 pound. Uh, female MMA competitor, so yeah. we might be we might be dealing with even some uh, some flyweights or some uh, some strawweights. But uh, I mean, Mosquita physically, she was I'd say stronger than almost all the com- uh, other competitors. Um, like I said, her submission and, and just her composure was incredible uh, for what I've seen. You know, I mean, I saw Gordon Ryan, I saw Gary Tonin. I have seen those guys just dominate EBI, and um, I walked away from this event watching her and, and thinking. You know the same thing when I when I left watching those guys that, you know, it, it, you you know when you see somebody who seems like a special athlete or, or as we talked about I think last week or when it was one of the previous guests about um, you know just people that are real special at the at their art yeah um, and uh, that's kind of the way I walked away uh, feeling about seeing her compete she was she was like almost on another level um so it was it was really cool to see that it was a real small intimate venue um you know. If I was guessing, I'd say 250 to 300 seats. Where was it? It was at the San Diego Performing Arts Center.
1: Oh, because I know um, he usually does that Orpheum Theater. Yeah, place, right?
0: I actually prefer the theater. Um, the old, my only critique for the event would be that, you know, it's, it was basically four or five rows and the mat was on the floor. So if you weren't in the first row, you were pretty much, it was standing to see all the action. Mm. So there was a lot of, you know, blocked views and, you know, it, it wasn't the most fan friendly event, but like I said, it was a small, intimate venue, so yeah. you kind of felt like you were a part of it. But um, the action made up for it more than more than anything. You know, sounds I, like uh, it. Yeah, but I definitely like you mentioned the Orpheum Theater. That's one of the. Uh, I think that's a great venue for for something like this because you have the um, the theater seating.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, there always. Is, I think Joe Rogan said it on his podcast once for for combat sports, especially. I think it holds true. The best seat the best seat in the house for viewing anything related to, to combat sports is home, you know, with all the camera angles, even when I'm at like, like I cut, co- like I'm covering that PFL event every, every next week. But usually when I'm watching the events, people are like, Oh, you got the best seat in the house. But I always find myself turning to find the monitor that all the fans watch in the arena, especially when things go to the ground. Like you said, people in the way, I think that it's just unavoidable no matter where you are, it's, especially the closer you are. I mean, uh, it's just something about being an arena and that, that, uh, you get that crowd high being with everybody else, you know. Well,
0: well, in MMA, I mean, I can't argue that. Obviously, I love to attend events and the atmosphere, and you know, I, I, that's what I'm all about. But, um, you know, when the submission, these big submission grappling events like Metamorris, uh the the fan, I know they had their issues, you know, financially and, and and all their stuff behind the scenes. But as far as the fan experience, that was one of the coolest, you know, uh, events I'd ever attended. The, the raised mat. Um, you were you know feet from the competitors as they were competing and that's how this this Eddie Bravo event was as well Um, but like I said if it would have been a raised mat it would have been a top 10 you know fan experience event just being such a small area with with such great matches and 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 talented competitors so I mean my only beef there would be like I said just you know put a put a ring in the middle of the the place with a you know pull the ropes off of it and put a mat and you have you had you know you had the event of the year, basically. So I, I thought it was outstanding. I'll definitely be attending again, and and hopefully, uh, hopefully, be able to cover uh, many more of their events in the future.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely like that setup. The raised mat setup. I actually, I was sold on that when, uh, like Fight to Pro does that a lot. Uh, if you watch my on Flow Grappling, you saw Benson Henderson had his thing with the uh, AJ Aksarum. They fell off the the platform. They did a ghee match uh, recently. I don't know if you saw that, but. Uh, it's uh, that's one of the dangers of a race platform, but there's just something cool about it, like you said um for viewing whether you're there or at home watching on on some streaming service but um speaking of streaming services, uh <laughs> Bellator looks like they fixed their tape delay issue for all of us fight fans with the partnership they did with the zone. That's how that's supposed to be pronounced, just so you know <laughs> that d a z n <laughs>
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be days in for, for quite a while. I
1: think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, you know, obviously both of us are huge Bellator fans. I, I have mixed feelings on, on, on this. Um, it, it all comes down to the price point for me. Yeah. You know, um, I've told people, you know, I, I attend three, four, five live shows a year. I don't miss a broadcast. Um, but if you start asking me to pay $20 a month, um, for one day out of that month being a Bellator event, you know, I don't know what other sports are on this streaming service, but I don't have interest in watching soccer or, or you know, F1, you know, formula racing or, or horse racing or anything like that. So unless, you know, unless I can get the Lakers, the, you know, the angels and, and Bellator, there's not a whole lot that's going it, to, it's going to have to be reasonably priced. Um,
1: yeah. For, I agree with you I mean they're gonna do the same pitch that everyone else does you get that month free trial they're gonna do the month the month of uh, uh, McDonald and Musasi so they're they're gonna snatch us all with that um and then um then um you know after that whatever the price point is supposedly everything's all their information will be out in July and August if you saw actually the video is on the blogboard jungle YouTube channel I spoke with the CEO of the of the company they partnered with. He's the one that helped me correctly pronounce it. And, and explained to me the, cause I had, nobody had ever heard of it obviously before this week. And now you keep seeing those four letters everywhere since Tuesday because of the partnership. And so it was a nine figure deal that they did with Paramount or with Bellator rather. Um, they said they're going to, they use the word simulcast. So I'm, I'm assuming that means you don't have to have it, but there's seven events that are exclusive to the zone app. And those seven events, I'm assuming, are going to be those, you know, Italy and all those tel- tape delay cards that that we have to wait for. So I don't know. Yeah,
0: I, you know, that's the, the I guess that's the question because I did see that most of the pole events were were still going to be on Paramount Network, which is which is good. But at the same time, I don't, you know, other than it being some of the the British or London cards um, where they've been stacked in the past for Bellator. You know, I, some of the, the Irish events and stuff like that, I just don't know if that's worth $20, you know, at least, I mean, maybe me and you will pay for it, but I don't see a lot of the casual fans forking out I, that money for it.
1: I mean, so here's my problem, which, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I've bitched about it on this podcast before. Cause uh, so I have horrible Comcast and over the years they've removed uh from me uh you know, I've lost channels. I lost Viceland. I lost Spike slash Paramount um, in 2016. So for me, I'm just like, I have to go to a bar like like it's a damn pay per view to watch a Bellator. Like you're going to be at uh, 201 this Friday, but I'll, I'll be I'll be at uh, Tilted Kilt, you know. Uh, and so if I if by the end of the night and the end of the event, uh, when I look at my tab, I mean, if I'm saving that a month versus 20 bucks a month or whatever it is. I'm thinking it might be worth it for me, but I don't think they'll do twenty dollars a month either. Though, I feel like because they're going to look at everybody else out there, and uh, you know, like you look at WWE, what well, they're fifteen bucks a month. US- they're nine or nine
0: ninety nine for. You. Oh, so there you go. So
1: Peter, I feel like they're going to do like that five ten dollars a month, or maybe eight bucks a month, something around that range, because they're, they're they don't want to over. They don't want to do overkill. I know they tried. They they mentioned matchroom boxing a lot, which is I guess if you're a boxing fan and you want to watch boxing stuff, um, that's going to be part of it because they said every week, every week they're going to do uh, fights, or they said every Friday. I forget I forget if he specified the day or not at the press conference, but um, or he, uh, they're definitely trying to have like fights all the time, like or have a fight night every week. So the the nights that it's not Bellator, <clears throat> it's going to be matchroom boxing. So. I don't think that's a big uh combo f- of a fan like like I write for a site that tries to do that and the fan base it's like they argue with each other half the time. You know what I mean? Like boxing fans seem to hate on MMA and and vice versa. So, I don't I don't know if that's a that's a smart move either, but um the sport is starting to get expensive for us, man. I don't know about you.
0: Yeah, well, it's always <laughs> been expensive. And I think if they put boxing on there, I think that that's that's good cuz it's at least it's a combat sport. Um, like, you know, I used to be a huge boxing fan. I'm kind of getting more into it now with, with some of the names that are rising to the top. But, um, you know, for me, from if, you know, if they're going to charge 15, $20, uh, for me, they got to have like, you know, I know, I believe it's live in Japan. They need to have like K one on it. You need to have, uh, maybe the bare knuckle boxing. You need to have a couple, you need to have three or four organizations that have an event every six weeks on there for it to. To pay off for me I mean I get the events um, I have Sling TV uh, the, the streaming service so I get Paramount Network yeah I thought
1: uh, about doing that myself actually so I can stop leaving my house
0: you know and 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 that's you know I basically pay $50 I get the channels I need for all the fights and it has a DVR so that works for me um, you know I mentioned it on the community.com. I think that if, if, if there was a way of going about it I think Bellator should just have a five dollar a la carte. You get that fight. It's almost like a, pay, a five dollar pay per view on, on on DAZN just to get that that event. You don't yeah. you don't pay for the other twenty nine days, but you pay five dollars to watch watch whatever card might be specific to that yeah. uh, that service. But I don't know. I mean, it is if it puts money in Bellator's pocket and it keeps them going and 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 get some uh, you know and get some some notoriety uh, in the world, then then I'm all for it. I just, uh, you know, the, the first fight being the Musashi McDonald fight, I just, I fear we're going to end up reading that they got 20,000 views. You know, mm. I, 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 I don't, mean, they're,
1: they're a global property though. I know they're really big, like outside of the U S they're new to us, but they're not new to everyone else. So I did some research on them since, mm-hmm. since that press conference and since speaking to uh, Mr. Rushton, who's the, the CEO of it that I, that I interviewed. Um, and, um, so they haven't even set up all their like social media stuff for it in the U.S. But if you look them up, they have one for every every country that they're in, and um they ha- they have a huge they they seem to have bank and a huge following. I mean, if they if they they're able to afford a nine figure deal with with Bellator, and uh, they're confident in in uh, the traffic it'll bring in. I mean, he said they're going to focus on that obviously because it's new and this is new territory for them. I think it's going to be the U.S. and Germany that they're launching with this year. So um if they might not do the numbers with us but but uh overseas they probably can make up for it so we'll see i mean like that's probably why they haven't mentioned the price point yet or any other numbers that we've heard about because they they have to gauge it that's one thing he said to me when i spoke to him he said uh once they set up the social media channels they're going to do a lot of social listening because the thing i asked him about uh just to bring it back to what we were talking about i asked him you know are you planning on doing regional mma Submission only grappling events. Are you planning on adding that? Because uh, he said that he wanted to make the zone the the one the top streaming service for fight fans. And there's already competition out there. So if but if they're looking at only big brands, um, there's really no big brand submission only grappling or, or I guess regional MMA access has the lock on that with all LFA and CES. Uh, and then there's the, what's the thing out by you? Is it MAV TV that does King of the Cage?
0: yes yeah, yeah mav tv has king, of, king of the cage but um but that's only once every three months or something they have a live event you know? yeah i don't know i you know like i said i i hope it all works out i just uh, it just concerns me because i know i have a lot of friends and stuff who won't even pay for fight pass and that's for the ufc which is obviously the top of the food chain uh promotion as far as most fans are concerned so i unless it's unless it's a really good price and I don't know. Even my thing is, uh, you know, I, most of the people or a lot of people that I've met over the years that watch Bellator are people that get home on a Friday night and just turn their TV on and just happen to come across it. Um, so yeah. I, I, you know, you're at, you know, it's already complicated enough to be a fan of the sport as far as, you know, UFC, you got about four different channels you got to switch to to watch it. Yeah. Five, I guess, if you count both Fox Sports and Fight Pass and yeah. Fox, Big Fox and pay per view. and you know, Bellator, you know, I don't know. They got to do what they got to do as a company to to keep everything going. And they got, you know, they got the big fight announced coming up for September and um, still waiting on the news for the heavyweight Grand Prix. But, you know, it's one of those things it's, it's, we'll see how it goes. Um, I won't miss the fights. You won't miss the fights. Um, And like you said, worldwide, they might make up big numbers, but when it all comes down to it, the U S viewing is, is what's going to, what's going to make or break that, that company. So yeah, I don't, I don't see what happens.
1: I think that, uh, I mean, one thing that was funny, I was Tony, we're talking about the, the cost and everything, because actually it was on today. The, uh, MMA beat also mentioned the thing too, cause they, they were forgetting about, if you're looking at the, the grand scope of the sport, not just Bellator, cause the thing with in 2019, obviously that with all those things, the Fox options you mentioned are gone. It's all, it's all ESPN. But still, if you want those exclusive ESPN Fight Night cards, you have to you have to buy ESPN Plus, which I think is another five to seven bucks a month. So it's like it's like if if all these fights that we want if we want to catch all the fights, it's like you got to pay for like four or five streaming services. And and I'm kind of like like I don't want to sign up for anything else. I mean, actually, <laughs> I, I I was arguing with myself today when I was listening to that. I'm like, because I obviously I really like Bellator. I'm I'm obviously willing to leave my house to go catch their events uh because i don't have the channel i go to a bar that'll put it on for me i got a really nice hookup actually at the tilted kilt that i go to so i'm just like oh god like am i am i do i really want to do it? like uh, you know i live in jersey it gets cold here i don't always want to go outside you know what i mean so i don't know what well, i guess we got to see how it plays out between this last uh quarter of the year and then the the first quarter of 2019 um but uh yeah. it, I don't know. I I don't got money like that though.
0: Yeah, I mean my thing is, you know, the the ESPN Plus is supposed to be 4.99 if if they allow a uh, a combination with Fight Pass and Fight Pass gives you $5 off, so that stays at basically 10 bucks a month for for Fight Pass and ESPN, and if Bellator does something for, you know, $10.99 or less, then that's $20 a month. I can live with that, but, you know, it, it, Bellator needs to have their loaded cards on it for twenty dollars a month, in my opinion. You can't have James Gallagher versus somebody I've never heard of and expect me to <laughs> expect me to pay twenty dollars a month for it. I, I mean, you know, it's just just how it is. I yeah. mean, you know, a ticket to that event's thirty bucks, you yeah. know. So, <laughs> you yeah. know, I might as well just go to it if it's you know, or one of their smaller ones. But, but, anyways, that's looking a little bit in the future here. Uh, this Friday, as you mentioned, I was at the weigh-ins earlier today. Yeah, uh, for, what's
1: up with that flight? Did Did they announce that right away at the weigh-ins? You went to the the weigh-ins in the morning, or you went to the ones that were streamed later?
0: I well, I, the the actual real weigh-ins were behind the scene. It wasn't open oh. to to anybody that I was aware of. Maybe the media, but I, I I didn't see anything for that. I didn't go as a media member, but I showed oh, okay. up. I showed up for the for the ceremonial weigh-ins, which were. You know, six hours earlier than they normally have them. Or five hours earlier. Normally, they have them at four o'clock, and this time it was like eleven thirty.
1: So, so Paula, Paula Ramirez, and Christy Lopez are off because uh, Paula came in ten pounds over, right?
0: Yeah, and I just heard that from uh, one of the other media members. I heard him asking the commission, um, kind of what was up with it, and and the commission said they pulled the fight. They said that she was just there was just too big of a weight discrepancy between the two, and it was per the commission that that they wanted to cancel the fight.
1: Um, what about couture so, uh, and uh, Awad? They both made weight. I saw that, right? Every,
0: everybody else made weight. Um, I talked to Syed um, after it and he said he was feeling great. Um, said he's, he's got a new uh, nutritionist. Um, I, so I, saw, I,
1: saw I got a new t-shirt too. What's that about?
0: <laughs> yeah, we got the coast <laughs> to coast combat hour t-shirts. So uh, on Twitter, anybody can hit me up if they're interested in, uh, in supporting the podcast. Um, but yeah, no, he said he was, he felt great. He said he hasn't felt this good for a fight, um, ever. Yeah. I'm looking um, I,
1: forward to that, man. I mean, it was a pleasure to talk to him, uh, two weeks. Was that two weeks out, uh, before this fight? So, um, so he said he felt good. He looked, he looked like he was ready to go.
0: Yeah. He, like I said, he, I asked him if it was because it was not, you know, he didn't have to cut all the way down to one fifty five with it being 160 pound catch weight. And he said that had nothing to do with it. He said he's been, you know, cutting for the last couple of weeks and uh, with his new nutritionist, everything's just been going really smooth and he's just been real comfortable with how everything's been. So he said he felt healthy and, uh, and ready to knock somebody out. So I, I look forward to that. That's the co-main event. Um, Alima Le McFarland and uh, Alejandra Lara is the, is the main event for the, the women's 125 pound uh, flyweight championship, um, you know, Alima Lay and her uh, her uh, weigh-in act is is pretty pretty funny. I know she's done some Disney stuff in the past, and yeah. I think she had Lilo and Stitch going today with her uh, with her manager and one of her coaches. So you know, she makes a real it, it, a fun experience. And uh, you know, it looks like it's going to be a good fight. She's seven and zero, I believe. Lara's seven and one. So. Uh,
1: two real good female fighters yeah i mean and she um that's why i felt bad i kind of felt bad about that that one female match getting pulled because she she had just did i think it was one of the bellator and focuses or one of their their digital media online pieces where she had said that uh you know she felt really happy about being on a on a card that had so many female fights that were as part of the like as high profile fights so i'm glad that uh i mean and it doesn't look like there's, she, she's having fun out there. I mean, it looks like she's having fun out there, uh, as did her. I don't know what 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 was her uh, opponent trying to do. What was her costume about? Was she poison ivy or somebody?
0: Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't, it never picked up on exactly. I know she's from Colombia, so I just kind of just figured it had something kind of to do with that. I know. Uh, I think she had like the Colombian. You know, she had like a red cross on her face, so I just kind of assumed that that's what that was about. But um. You know, everybody hung around after the weigh-in, so it wasn't like anybody was, was running to to hydrate or, you know, I, I realized they had weighed in, you know, anywhere from yeah. 10 minutes earlier to two hours earlier. But um, usually after a weigh-in, there's not a lot of uh, people being real social. And this one was kind of everybody hanging around, taking some photos.
1: Yeah, when they weigh in at Mohegan Sun, they're usually out right after. Even if it's those, those ceremonial ones, they're kind of yeah. just like, yeah, they, they come, do they do it, and they leave.
0: Uh, yeah um so i mean though you know the cards really i think it's gonna be an extremely exciting card uh Juan archuleta um i believe he's 17 or, or, or i'm sorry 18 or 19 and one um he was a three division uh champion in, in king of the cage uh he fights the veteran robbie peralta um christina williams who who actually beat uh your girl heather hardy um in her mma uh, debut
1: warhorse yeah she's she's good man i mean I, I, I slept on her myself for that fight, and uh, I didn't realize. I mean, that's one of those fights. Just really quick about the Heather Hardy thing. I was thinking about it today. That's one of those fights that uh, where head move. It's a good example of why head movement isn't always the greatest thing in MMA.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know she bloodied her up pretty good in that yeah. fight, you know. But I, you know, she's two and zero now, and seems to be a, a serious contender. And they, they're not get, wasting any time. They're giving her Valerie Letourneau, who uh, once fought for a, a UFC. Uh, strawweight title uh, against Joanna. So,
1: you know yeah, I, that'll be telling. Yeah, if she wins that, she could she could start she could start looking at uh you know the title fight if, if she gets a name like that.
0: You know, yeah, without looking at all the names in that division, I think that's definitely the number one contender contender bout. Even though uh, even though Williams has only had two pro fights, um, I believe she beat Dakoti, maybe in her second fight that's that, that she she beat emily decody and, and heather hardy so she's got a couple names already on her on her resume and yeah. if she beats the turno uh being on the main card right under Alima lay i think it's uh i think that's the fight that you make
1: um, yeah i mean she's gonna get she's gonna run into danger though with the the higher she goes obviously the grapplers that she's gonna face like obviously alima has got her division locked down like you know like at somebody at a level like that because uh, i think she's only a blue belt um I, I know she spoke with James Linton. She mentioned it, so uh, so she's she obviously she's probably got good defense, but against a higher level grappler, she might be in trouble. But she she does a good job of staying away from the ground. So
0: yeah, she's got good length. She's yeah. she's a tall, tall, bigger, one hundred twenty five pounder. So <clears throat> you know she can not keep her distance, and and uh, you know Dakota D- took her down, if I recall, a few times, and, and she was able to fight that off. So I don't know. I, you know, it's one of those things you got some of the, there's, you know, people talk about some of the old guys in Bellator, but there's definitely that, uh, about 20 big up and coming youngsters that, uh, that are going to make a name for themselves in the sport. And you yeah. know, if she does, you know, if she doesn't win the title immediately, um, I think, I don't think she's going anywhere for the next you know, five years. I think yeah, like,
1: that like that, uh, welterweight thing you were talking about on up and comers, uh, one of the names that came up as being invited to it on, on Tuesday at the press conference, uh, Coker said was going to be Ed Ruth. So I was surprised because he's relatively new to the sport, but he's he's willing to throw him in a tournament. I mean, you know, that's an even playing field. That's what makes tournaments fun though.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's got he's fighting Friday as well. That's the you know, if Bellator fans need to tune in early to the Bellator app for the uh, the prelims. The first three prelims feature Tyrell Fortune, Joey Davis, and Ed Ruth. Um, and and Carrie yeah. Melendez is also on the yeah. on the early prelims. So you've got some some names and some up and coming, you know, possible stars in their weight classes. Uh, I
1: feel like I feel like maybe uh, obviously with the thing the the press conference on Tuesday was focused on the streaming thing and the welterweight fight with Musasi and, and and McDonald and Rampage and uh, Wanderlei. But um, you were asking about the heavyweight Grand Prix. I feel like because they danced away from it or never brought it up and we were all distracted with these other, you know, welterweight grand prix news and, and the zone and all that stuff. I I have a feeling maybe the announcement you're looking for is going to be on during the broadcast this Friday.
0: I hope so. Um, You know, the thing about having a a grand prix that is not one night is that you always have risk it it going on for, for way too long. Uh, Uh,
1: One thing really, I I actually messaged him earlier today uh, when I was at that, presser on tuesday remember nolan king was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and he said that there would come there would be back around our way uh me and nolan king's way the northeast region in october and i had that confirmed by an executive when i was there on tuesday i just all i said was i, I hear i'm gonna see you in october and he was like yes sir and uh we shook hands and that was it but i was just like all right that's confirmation what, what nolan said so as as far as to when uh i don't know i'm not sure exactly when but uh It's probably going to be Mohegan Sun. It's probably going to be, you know, something, uh, something, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a tournament fight, but I guess we'll see. I have a feeling we're going to hear what you need, what you were looking to hear on, uh, on Friday.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Uh, do you think that they would do Fedor a Fedor fight at Mohegan Sun?
1: I mean, they, uh, Mitchell and Roy Nelson were pretty big names and they brought them to Mohegan Sun. I, I don't see why not. Um, and I do know, I do know that, uh, Chael, you know he does work for ESPN, which is in Connecticut, (laughs) so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be too far fetched to keep him near everything that's comfortable for him, you know. And Fedor is just you know he's just a Russian beast, so he doesn't care where he fights.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. I just it 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 seems to me like you would do that in a more. I've never been to the Mohegan Sun, so I don't know what the status is exactly of the. Nice. You know, the population around there and stuff i know it's a nice place from what i've heard but
1: yeah it's nice but it's it's creepy outside of the casino like i said when we were talking to awad because i feel like a like i said when we were when awad was on the podcast i actually thought he was from that area and you were the one when you set up the interview with him that's how i found out he was a west coaster i was like holy cow <laughs> i thought he lived in, in connecticut with all these other creeps
0: <laughs> yeah but you know i so I'm just surprised that the heavyweight uh, announcements have taken as long as they have. I don't know of any injuries that happened. That's what's kind of throwing me off more than anything. If we would have had some injuries, I wouldn't have been so surprised by it. But considering how the fights went with, you know, you had quick finishes by Bader and Fedor. Um, I don't think Mitrione took much damage. And then you had, uh, I don't think you know other than Chael just kind of saying he was tired or a little bit beat up after the fight but that was in January. Yeah, he's had time.
1: Uh, he should be ready to go. You
0: know, I just figured that they would have announced that we'd be trying to wrap that up in in December or January. Or, well, yeah, in, they did say,
1: they did say end of the year, so, you know, we're coming on we're coming on it.
0: You know, the, but that's where we end up. This is where we run into the problem though cuz if they have it in October, it's not happening in December. And if if one of those if let's say fedor wins but breaks his hand do they do they bring in chek congo to replace fedor in Jan, in in january or do we see this fight going down next may with fedor
1: yeah we'll see uh we'll see i mean i it's it's i don't like to like it, this isn't an international fight week we're talking here you know you don't got to worry <laughs> about something <laughs> about something bad happening and i know you're going to be at that one too so uh, if some if we lose some big fight, it, we know it won't be your fault. But um, just that week is just cursed. So
0: yeah, we are, we lost uh, Yancy Medeiros today in his yeah. fight with Mike Perry. So yeah. I've heard rumors of Paul Felder stepping in with uh, with James Vick moving up to fight uh, Justin Gagey in, in Nebraska in August. So. They
1: got to do something for that dude because it's like I don't think he's fought yet this year.
0: Well, if he's willing to go
1: up to 170 to fight a beast like Mike
0: Perry, then you let that man do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, if he wants to do that, that's, I mean, to me, that's what it's all about. But, you know, you mentioned the, the fight week card, um, the, uh, the,
1: to hear the press conference, it, act- it was on or finishing just before we started this. Did you, I don't know if you had a chance to hear No,
0: it. I actually didn't know that that was, was going down. I, um, but it was a conference that-
1: call, but, uh, it was uh, they, but they had Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, Obviously, the co-main and main event they had, and and DC and in Miocic.
0: What do you think happens in that main event? You talk about Daniel Cormier and Steve Miocic.
1: I mean, like, so the, you have to. Talk, I was actually talking about it over the weekend with someone else. I mean, this is where if, if I'm if I'm looking at it objectively, I see Miocic winning, but I would like it if Daniel Cormier won. And the thing about Daniel Cormier is, um, he actually said something today that. He changed my mind a little bit and I wouldn't be surprised excuse me if the odds changed in his favor a little bit after uh, what he said and the thing that stood out was uh, during that conference call he said that um, he feels better than he'd felt in a while or something to that effect because he's not he doesn't have to cut weight you know we forget that he used to fight at heavyweight and strike force and stuff and he, he he did that heavyweight tournament and then he went he went down to light heavyweight for the UFC. But uh, heavyweights his, that's his world, and I think I think people are forgetting that, which is why um, he's the underdog in the fight. But now I don't think so as much. I mean, that was a nice reminder to hear that he's ready to go. I mean, I know Mielcic doesn't like being counted out. You know, um, but he's actually, like I said, objectively, I I see Mielcic winning this. But I really would like it if D, if DC won this and said I'm done fighting, then then he's done all he has to do in MMA as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, I mean that's you're kind of in the same boat as me then. I, I, I'm pulling for Cormier. You know, I've been a Cormier fan since you know our first song fight, Tony Johnson. I think it was in King of the Cage or in an Australian event back in the day. But you know, and and I met him at an early strike force event. But um, yeah, I I don't know about size. It's gonna you know I know he's a heavyweight, but Miocic is a legit badass. You know I don't know how, yeah. how else to really say it. So. You know, I, I think Miocic is, will probably win um, if the fight goes on some time. I, I don't think Cormier will be able to to lay, you know, to hold him down. Uh, I think we're gonna end up with a with a stand up fight, and I, I, you know, I think over over twenty minutes or so, I, I think Miocic might be able just to land the harder shot.
1: Yeah, um, and I think so. in that aspect, Miocic. Ha- I'm I'm not sure I'd have to check their stats, but I'm pretty sure Miocic has a reach advantage on on DC. And um the other thing too is like I don't know if you've ever tussled with a firefighter before but those dudes are are insanely strong. Yeah. Um like like there I used to, I I trained with a couple of firefighters in the grappling and I mean like you know gis are built like made for long term like last. I remember by my brand new hayabusa gi I wrote the first roll with a firefighter within me having it 2 months and the guy tore it cuz he was so damn strong. So
0: yeah. I mean, he's just a, he's a big dude. I mean, I, obviously Cormier is strong. We've seen him toss Barnett. We saw him toss Dan Henderson. You know, he, he went up with uh, Frank Mir and big country Nelson, you know, he's 12 or 13 and 0 at heavyweight. You know, I, I just, I wonder if Miocic might just be that heavyweight. That's just a, a step above when, when you get to that size. Um, for him so I don't know But uh, you know obviously it's, it sounds like we're Kind of both think Miosic might pull it out But we're, yeah. we're kind of going with Cormier um, I mean At least that's where I'm at so yeah, what, like, about, what about the co-main event um, Holloway and Ortega I know we talked about This uh, a week or two ago
1: I was going to say was it with, was it on this podcast That I, I talked about it where I said I was kind of Like all in on Ortega
0: I think uh, maybe you were
1: I, I You yeah. know and, and
0: yeah. I, I Mentioned that I thought Holloway might just kind of uh, you know, out-experience him and, and and squeak out the fight.
1: Yeah, because I think I just, I just Ortega is a. Uh, I think obviously he cuts a lot. He was talking about that today on the on the conference call. I mean, he said his weight is good. He's doing the water loading thing, um, and because um, he, obviously he was ready to go for to fight at one fifty five. So was Holloway. Uh, you know, back in, at two twenty three. But um, I mean, I, th- I think he's big for his weight class, and and I feel like uh, with his. Obviously, he surprised us with his striking in um in the fight with Frankie Edgar, and then uh I, I don't know if his grappling I don't know if Holloway can handle uh, his level of grappling, especially since he's freestyling triangle chokes and stuff that not even his instructors re- s- seen before. So
0: yeah, if it goes down to the ground, if Ortega can get him down to the ground. It obviously is his world and, and a danger for Max. What about the two big heavyweights, uh, Derek Lewis and, and Francis Nagano? How do you? How do you? I mean, I think we both know kind of how that's going to go down. But who do you think takes that one?
1: Well, I'll, I have a concern for that one, and I'm not trying to jinx anything, but it is international fight week. Um, you know, Derek Lewis has a, an ongoing back issue, um, and he mentioned it on Monday that it was bothering him not that long ago, but he felt better at the point of the interview. So that right there has me concerned as as a fight that we could lose on international fight week simply because of the like I said because of the history of that week and uh, the history he's had with this this issue cuz if you remember he was uh he got pulled from that one fight uh when it first started so um if the fight happens though um I th- I think Ngannou wants to uh remind folks uh, you know that he's he's still a contender. He's probably gonna put his uh, Ford F one fifty punch on him or whatever the hell they said he punches at, at the power at. So, <laughs> so I mean, I have him winning by KO or TKO, um, and um, only because like I like Derek Lewis. I think Derek Lewis could probably do the same to him. But um, I mean, he's talking about how he only trained thirty minutes uh, at a time a training session when he was talking to Michael Bisping a couple of weeks back when he remarked that he made that comment about wanting to fight uh, Greg Hardy. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's easy to, to pick Nganu is if you remember what the man is capable of.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can, I think it's going to be a KO obviously either direction. My, my argument, I guess for Lewis would be that he's had some bouts that have gone, uh, gone a few rounds. Mm. Um, so he showed that, you know he can he can take a little bit of a beating and come back and, and still knock somebody out and uh, you know whether it's a gas tank or it's just enough heart to be able to keep going he's he's proven that he can do it so yeah he's also
1: critical of that too he doesn't like that he wants to finish he wants an early finish he's very critical he kind of beats himself up for those fights that even if he wins by decision if you see his post fight interviews and even with the way he spoke about it on a, on Helwani's show Monday he doesn't like winning that way he actually he actually said if he wins by decision then he he shouldn't be pushed up to, to con- title contention that he should probably fight like other guys that are lower
0: yeah uh, you know I, I uh, you know he's a heavyweight he's one of the big hitting heavyweights that's you know when you get past d a and uh, you know basically once you get past deep a that's what you start getting into I mean you got Verdun and uh, some of the grapplers volkov I think is going to be someone to, to to mess with in the next uh, in the next couple of years. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be an exciting card. Uh, Michael Kaseya, Anthony Pettis, as long as uh, McGregor doesn't come attacking with a, with a dolly again. Uh, Well, I mean, he's,
1: he's, he's in negotiations for his plea, So I I don't think he'll be doing anything. He's got to be a good boy now.
0: Yeah. We'll we'll see about that. July 26th.
1: We'll see about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know, and then, and then the, the K one, uh, glory legend, kickboxing legend, Gokan Saki against Khalil Roundtree.
1: Yeah, that fight, that's a fight I'm actually excited to watch.
0: You know, I think that's going to be a barn burner. Um, yeah, you know, the whole the whole main card, all the fights we just mentioned. I mean, it, it's hard to pick which one could be fight of the night. Um, you know, our fight of the year, for that matter. They all have potential just to be back and forth wars. Um, the Pettus Caseo fight. I'd, I'd almost like to see that hit the ground. I'd be. It would be cool. With, with all these fights on this card, there's some stand-up battles. That would be a cool one to see hit the ground and and, uh, and see some of their, their groundwork with each
1: you mean, other. You mean Chiesa, right? Michael Chiesa? Chiesa, Chiesa.
0: You're, you're, <laughs> in, you're in Jersey. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how it's said.
1: It's a, is it a sub or a hoagie? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, but, uh, yeah, so for fans, uh, as we're wrapping up here, uh, Bellator 201, this Friday night, uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern time on oh, wait. the Paramount Network.
1: Wait, wait, we got to give some love to I'm going to be at covering the PFL3 event in uh, Washington, D.C., July 5th. Just uh, next week, we're probably not going to have an episode because I'll be on the road and you're going to be going to uh, 226. So um, just for, for folks listening so that they know. But, yeah, that's going to be on uh, July 5th, NBC Sports at 9. But I'm, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, no real problem. So, yeah, so we have Bellator this Friday night. Like uh, you said, uh, Professional Fighters League, PFL, next Thursday night uh, on NBC Sports. I believe that's also a 9 uh, p.m. Eastern start time um, with the prelims on uh, YouTube and, uh, or on uh, their Facebook uh, page. And then, uh, and then the following night is the Ultimate Fighter uh, 27 finale uh, on Fox Sports 1, I believe, and then the big pay-per-view comes up on uh, July 7th the Miocic Cormier UFC 226. So we definitely got a uh, full, what is that? Eight, nine days of action ahead of us. And, uh, no, I Way you
1: know, to celebrate this country's birthday.
0: There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't hold off. Uh, seven consecutive years of fight week. Yeah. Uh, I had to go for my eighth. So
1: I saw the you're card. You're lucky, man. Miss, I'm missing. This is my second I'm missing now. Oh, well, I don't know if you're lucky. Maybe I'm lucky. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see on Jan- <laughs> July seventh.
0: Well, the only thing that's for sure is it's gonna be really hot in Vegas, so
1: and it's gonna um, be hot in DC too. It's always hot as balls in DC.
0: <laughs> I guess I can walk around with a beer though, it might where I'm going.
1: Yeah, no, I'll probably get <laughs> I'll probably get mugged with leaving George Washington University.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, fans can follow us on at combat hour, uh, on Twitter at and uh, myself, at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can follow Ed at Carbazal on Twitter. Ed, fun talking to you. Um, like you said, no show next week with the travel. Um, but we'll be back the following week, which will be, uh, I believe it's uh, July 12th. So uh, we have get guests lined up for that show. And look forward to talking to you over the next few days about all these big fights
1: yes sir and maybe we, maybe we can squeeze one in the end of that weekend depending on how where we're at or if, or if i don't get mugged but real quick uh folks uh subscribe itunes overcast google podcast uh breaker radio public uh the podcast is everywhere now and again if you want t-shirts matt show them your t-shirt hit them up with hit them, if you want them titties get the get get the. <laughs> Get it, uh, hit Matt up on, uh, Twitter at, uh, at his handle or at the camp combat hour handle. Thank you for listening. Uh, much appreciated.